0: Hey podcast listeners, hope you're doing well and I hope you are winning contracts. Before we get into today's episode, I want to take a minute to share something with you that's working for our clients. Our Federal Access Knowledge Base is helping companies win contracts every single day. I regularly get emails from members thanking us and saying things like, hey, I just won a $2 million contract. Many of you have seen a video that Chris Dambach Shot for us at GovCon. Chris won two contracts totaling $30 million. One of our members, El, emailed me this morning and said, The turning point that opened my eyes was using Federal Access to establish a professional and systematic business development and RFP process. I've now won two contracts worth $480,000. Federal Access is helping a lot of companies win. It can help you too. So here's the deal. I have a special offer for you. Visit federal-access.com forward slash game changers today and get started for just $29. You're going to get access to a digital copy of the government sales manual, over 70 strategy videos, more than 30 webinars, 300 documents and templates, and one of my favorite pieces is SME support. So when you run into any issue, any challenge at all, you can email me directly for help. So go check out the special offer today at federal-access.com forward slash game changers. The link is in the description below the podcast. So go check that out today, federal-access.com forward slash game changers. So you can get started for just $29 today. Now let's hop into this episode. The big question is this, if government contracting is supposed to be so easy, why do so many companies fail to win even a single contract while others dominate the market? That's the question and this podcast will give you the answers. In today's episode, you go one-on-one with best-selling author and master business coach Michael Lejeune to learn exactly how to take your government contracting business to the next level. So Today, I want to talk about your competition a little bit. and One of the most important things I want to talk about is how you actually need to stop obsessing and watching your competition. I, I talk to a lot of companies about this all the time because when I get on the phone and they start going through what they're doing, they look like, sound like, talk like like everything about them mimics their competition. And while there's some value to putting yourself on an equal footing to your competition before you start looking at differentiating and that sort of thing, we talk about this a lot actually in, in the training we do, it's very important that you aren't in lockstep with your competition. If you sound exactly like everybody else in the market, you can't differentiate. Let me say that again. If you look like everybody else in the market, you can't differentiate. So if you're on Facebook or any of the social media platforms and you see an ad and it looks like every other ad that you've seen, like the video is shot the same way. There's some guy rolls up in a car in front of a mansion and starts talking about, you know, some garbage that that he wants to, you know, sell you you know, some mindset thing, you just scroll past it because everybody's done one of those videos. If you see somebody and they are, uh, or, or you see somebody's ads and it looks a lot like other ads you've seen, you scroll past it. And so when you are doing this in the government space and your RFP responses look like everybody else's, the reviewer's just scroll past it because we're trained through the barrage of marketing that we're all getting hammered with every single day. And, you know, there's there's all kinds of different studies that say it's anywhere from thousands to, you know, millions of images that you're going to see on any given day of impressions of things trying to get you to buy stuff, whether it's subliminal stuff on, on one single Website like Yahoo, you know, some of you still look at Yahoo.com because a lot of people still look at at websites like that and, you know, or, or other information sources or news sources. And on those pages, there's usually hundreds, if not thousands of little articles, ads, all those kind of things trying to grab your attention and send you somewhere. Right. So in our professional lives, you know, for these people that are reviewing RFPs, they're being trained outside of this to see things and kind of gloss over them. So they, they they see the same type of repetitive messages over and over and over again. And so we're sort of self-training our, ourselves here, um, implied by the word self-training, right? We're sort of self-training ourselves to skip over the fluff and only stop at things that stand out. So if your bio looks very similar. So we were founded in 1973 by you know, whatever, you know, an army veteran, blah, 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 blah. You know, if it looks exactly the same, they can infer that it probably is the same. So, okay, nothing really stands out here, that sort of thing. Uh, That's why we're always talking about this from the perspective of like 8A companies. We see so many 8A companies that start their bio with, you know, their company bio about us with, we're a small disadvantaged whatever business. And it's like, That's not a differentiator. Okay. That's not your value in the marketplace. And so, because, and the reason I say it's not a differentiator is because there's thousands, if not millions of other companies that have it. So it's not something that really makes you stand out. It may make you stand out in a competition of five companies if only one of you are there. But the odds are, if you're going after these opportunities, all five companies probably have that. So that's not really a differentiator when everybody else is saying the same thing. So one of the things I want to try to help you do in this podcast episode is reprogram your brain a little bit. And so to give you a little bit of background on the reasons why is most of your competition is doing it wrong. Just because you see ads everywhere, just because you see your competition, um, posting things on LinkedIn all the time, just because you see your competition at industry days or whatever it is, doesn't mean they're doing it right. It just means they're doing something. So think about that for a minute. Just because you see them everywhere, doesn't mean they're doing it right. I see people on on LinkedIn all the time that post every single day, sometimes five, ten times a day. And when I look at the stuff they're posting, they've got two likes on it or you know, 25 views, or even 100 views, something like that, it's not getting the exposure because it's not working. Just because they're doing it doesn't mean it's working. Just because you scream at the top of your lungs doesn't mean it's working. And so we often follow the example of our peers and it's wrong because it's not working. It's just loud. It's loud in the market, but it's not right. So So think about that for a minute. And and that's one of the key reasons you don't want to follow the competition is because they're likely doing it wrong. Another one is when you copy the competition, you don't differentiate because your stuff is exactly the same. I kind of talked about this in the beginning here. When you're copying them, you just become one more piece of noise in the marketplace that doesn't stand out. So you can't differentiate when you look like a mirror image You've just changed the color and put your logo on it you can't differentiate that way you also lose your creative and competitive edge you know you just start to sound like the rest of the market and now the noise gets louder and what happens when the noise gets louder i think about it like this like if something's loud i can usually tolerate it but if it starts to get really really loud i may put my hands over my ears But if it's super loud, I'll put my fingers in my ears where I can't hear anything. And when the market starts to get louder and louder and the message is what I would say irrelevant or it's just noise in the market, your buyers start to do that. They start to go from, yeah, I can tolerate it to let me put my hands over my ears. to Let me put my fingers in my ears because it's just noise and it has no value. So they start to ignore it. So it doesn't matter if you're loud; they have the ability to stop listening to you. That makes sense, or to skip a paragraph and go on to the next one. Because see, you know, when we think about evaluating RFPs, you know, or, or what the, the the evaluators are doing, we think that they're digesting every single word you put in that RFP, and I guarantee you they're not. They're human beings, and a human being can look at it. And say, you know, okay, founded in 1975, woman on small business in in, you know Seattle, blah, 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 blah. Okay. And they start to just tune out. So that's kind of saying they're tolerating it. And they keep going and they're like, gosh, it really is the same. Let me put my hands over my ears. Now my fingers are in my ears. Now my hands, I'm going to take my hands out or my fingers out of my ears because I'm going to cover my eyes. And I'm just going to skip the rest of this paragraph. And the rest of your paragraph may be the actual juicy tidbits you needed them to read. But because the noise is so loud, they're skipping it. Hopefully that makes sense and that's resonating with you a little bit. Because sometimes we have the best of intentions when we're sort of copying the model. And we, we flavor our stuff in a little bit. But the noise is so loud that your uniqueness, your differentiators are getting covered up. And so we, we don't want that. We never, never want that. Now, am I saying you should never check out what the competition's doing? You should never uh, you know, see what how they're responding to things, what they're doing? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is don't obsess over it and don't form your opinions and your direction, your marketing message, your company message, all. That. Don't form that solely based on what your competition is doing. That is a recipe for disaster. In fact, I talked to a lot of companies, and this is well before the coronavirus, you know, happened. I I was talking to a lot of companies over the last 20 years that are just one or two bad months away from going out of business. That's not because they have a, a bad product or a bad service, it's because a lot of times they don't have a good business. They don't have a good direction, they don't have a good marketing strategy. And so There's a reason right there not to follow your competition. A lot of them are only a bad month or two away from going out of business. So be very careful there. So on the flip side of this, what can you do? So number one is you want to focus on your company message first. You want to get clear on this. Make it your filter for everything you do. So when I'm thinking about a new marketing strategy, the first thing that I'm looking at is what you know what's the value that this product or service has you know who's the target market what do we want to say to them how do we want to grab their attention through this and i'm and i'm thinking about that i'm thinking about my message and how i can resonate with this audience that's the first thing that i'm doing and so from there i'm i'm sort of just trusting my gut on that I'm trying to trust my gut and say, you know, because some, some things are kind of funny or weird and you don't know if they're going to fit. And a lot of times those are the things that resonate because they jump off the the screen to your buyers because it's different. And so, you know, you can do a funny video or you can do a funny uh, email or something along those lines, like in, in my line of work, I can do those kind of things and it jumps off at, at our buyers because they're not seeing that because, number one, it's unique. Like, it, literally, it it came out of my brain. And yes, it's influenced by a lot of things that happen in my life and the things I, I, I see and hear, even in music and things like that. But when the final bit comes out and goes on paper, you know, when the ones and zeros come out of my brain and go into the computer, it forms something that looks different than what they're used to seeing. And that makes people stop and read it, stop and look at it, and that sort of thing. And that applies in any sort of business, but especially in government, where so many people are trained to just follow in this lockstep and do things exactly the same way as everybody else does. And so when you trust your gut and you get creative and focus on your message first, it allows you this freedom to play in a space that nobody else is playing in Because you're the only one doing it. And so, one of the ways that I actually get a lot of my ideas and work on my thought process is I spend a lot of time with people outside of my market. And whether it's through mentors, whether it's through coaching, whether it's through books or webinars or podcasts, I spend a lot of time with people outside the market because there's very few people marketing to the government or government contractors the way that people are doing this in the commercial space. There's just very few. And so I take a lot of those lessons learned from the commercial space and apply them. And it looks like I'm a genius because I'm like the only one doing a lot of this stuff. And so when you spend time with people outside of your market, you get a very fresh perspective and it's very unique to your market. So there's a lot of value in that. And the the last thing I want to say about this is, even though I want you to trust your gut, even though I want you... To take chances and do things on your own, you test everything. You live by the numbers, not the noise in the market. It doesn't matter how loud it is, and in fact, it doesn't matter if a video or a post gets you know ten thousand views on LinkedIn if no one buys. It doesn't matter if you fill out a hundred RFPs if you never win one. So, like at the end of the day, you can judge the success of your marketing strategy by how much you're winning. Like how much are you actually closing? How much cash is going into the bank? That is an indicator that your strategy is correct or your strategy is way off. So, I want you to think about that. If you have questions, I want you to reach out. I'd love for you to comment on this podcast and tell us what you're thinking about there, but but please send us emails. Let us know what you think about this let us know what you're doing in the market that is unique, because we want to hear these stories. We want to share your story. So with that, I hope you got a lot out of this episode. If you did, please like it, share it with others, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Game Changers for Government Contractors. For a full list of episodes and other resources, be sure and check us out on the web at www.rsmfederal.com slash gamechangers.